Hi there, Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast for you. A discussion of the two Star Trek films directed by J.J. Abrams. Well, everybody is in Star Wars mode this week, as I am too, but I decided to cleanse my palate a little bit and watch the first two Star Trek movies that J.J. Abrams directed, the reboots, if you will. Uh, Black Friday came around. They were $7 a piece, or $7.99 on 4K, and I wanted to upgrade those because I think they look great, and it turns out I made the right choice. So, when Star Trek, the first one, the reboot, came out 10 years ago, I was excited. I'm a huge fan of Trek. I've watched it since just about birth. I mean, the series started when I was like four or five months old in September of my year of my birth. Um, I grew up watching it, watching the reruns, watching the various series and movies that have come out since, and felt it was high time to reboot the property. The, the, the original stars were just too old to do it anymore. Uh, the movies had, had fair to middling results through most of them, it was time, and J.J. Abrams turned out to be the right guy to do it. Rewatching the first Star Trek 10 years later, 4K, it's upgraded from a 2K DI, it looks fantastic, the Dolby Atmos soundtrack is also quite, quite well done. Casting made this movie. Had he not found the right actors, this would have never worked. The story is fun, it is non-stop action, non-Star Trek fans will enjoy the movie. But the cast, Chris Pine is great as, as Kirk, Zachary, amazing Spock, John Cho as Sulu, Simon Pegg as Scotty, Zoe Saldana as Uhura, Carl Urban as Bones McCoy, Anton Yelchin as Chekhov. I mean, it, it, it is a perfectly casted film for what it was supposed to be. Even the side players, uh, bringing back Leonard Nimoy as Spock Prime, as they called him. Uh, ben Cross as Sarek. Bruce Greenwood as Christopher Pike, which is a character from the very beginnings of Star Trek to bring him into this and have it be as important a role as it was for the two movies he was in. Like I said, it's a great story, it's quite action-packed, it is fun for even non-Star Trek fans, but it reinvigorated the franchise like no business. I mean, they made it for $150 million, it went on to gross $387 million, it is the highest rated by critics of all of the Star Trek movies there have ever been, it is a near-perfect film. It could have been plotted a little bit better, but... Considering the job of what he had to do, it is it is almost as daunting as what he had to do on Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. He had so many fan hopes to fill, had things to, to do for the studio, for the fan base, for modern audiences. I mean, this guy had everything firing on all cylinders, and it came out, it, it holds up. Ten years later, it is a great Trek film. The humanism that was always the center of Star Trek is the center of this movie. It is just incredibly well done. So last night, I watched Into Darkness, another Star Trek movie directed by J.J. Abrams that I haven't watched in several years. Uh, the 4K upgrade was fantastic because on the original Blu-ray, Into Darkness did not have the IMAX scenes in it. If, if you've ever watched a movie like... Um, 
Christopher Nolan's Batman movies, when they come to home video, the IMAX film scenes fill the screen, and then the rest of the movie has the letterbox bars because it's in 2.39 by 1. And IMAX is a larger film format, so you get more detail. And to have that in the 4K, it was amazing how much of the movie Star Trek Into Darkness was filmed in IMAX. The opening scene, all of the action scenes, some of the space scenes. It's amazing that some of the almost special effects only scenes were also in IMAX. It gave the movie much more grandeur. It, it just looked fantastic. The added detail. The, I wish they had filmed the whole movie in IMAX, to be perfectly honest. It really looked great. The Dolby Atmos soundtrack is also quite an upgrade from the original Blu-ray. It's very active. This was a movie I saw in IMAX when it first came out, and the scene where Khan, before he's Khan, is in the shuttlecraft outside of Starfleet, and he shoots up the Starfleet meeting. In IMAX, it was deafening. It made you feel like you were in a war, like you were actually in the scene, and the 4K really does recreate that. The Dolby Atmos surround sound is is very vibrant, very active. Uh, It's all around you. It's very loud. It's very concussive. And the video, like I said, all the stuff that was shot in IMAX is full screen and just sparkling detail. It, it is a worthy upgrade, especially for the $7.99 I paid. The entire cast returns. They added Alice Eve as Dr. Carol Marcus, and other than her space underwear scene, I thought she was great in the movie. There was, JJ, there was really no reason for that other than showing Kirk's. Uh, proclivity to not being politically correct where women are involved he's in bed with aliens in both movies so i you know that does play back into the tv series and benedict cumberbatch was was inspired choice as playing Khan. not what any of us envisioned since we had ricardo montalban in our minds from that original episode and and the star trek to the wrath of Khan. but he did a great job with it. It's a new version of the character. And even when they talk to Leonard Nimoy, Spock Prime in the film, and he says, I'm not, I was promised you, I would never tell you anything that would alter your destiny. But that being said, Khan was the greatest adversary we ever faced and we barely defeated him. And that adds some gravitas to the whole story. It really holds up. This was a movie that I enjoyed at the theater, and later I read some of the complaints about it, and in my mind, this became a a secondary Trek film. I didn't like it as much as the first, but watching it last night, it is just as balls-to-the-wall, action-packed, and fun as the first Star Trek. It is a great sequel. Um, It was made for about $185 to $190 million. It went on to gross $467 million. It is the highest-grossing Trek film of all time, so... A lot of people did like this and go to see it. It's unfortunate that J.J. Abrams only produced Beyond, the, the, the third movie, which wasn't a bad film in any way, shape, or form, but it would be nice to see J.J. Abrams return like he's returned to Star Trek, or to Star Wars. But they're, they're, they got the guy who did the Fargo TV series to do the fourth Star Trek movie, and I hope it's good. I You know, it, it should be maybe... A more interesting plot, but I would like to see J.J. Abrams return. Although I'm sure he's still producing, he's still involved, and what a guy. I mean, this guy has gotten to play in Star Trek and Star Wars. It's a geek fan's dream. He's always said he's a bigger Star Wars fan, but he did such a great job with the two Star Trek movies. 
If you have the home theater set up to do 4K, I highly recommend upgrading both of these films. They look fantastic. They, they've always been beautiful movies. They've always been well shot, even though there's a, a preponderance of lens flares in the first one. There's a little bit less. But J.J. Abrams has defended himself, saying he was trying to give this a futuristic look. And, and honestly, the two Star Trek movies don't look like any other science fiction movies. They differentiated themselves from Star Wars and 2001 and everything by the look of the films. I thought they were really well done in that aspect as well. The sets, the, the designs, everything, it just all came together. So, J.J. Abrams, you're, you're a geek fan's dream. I hope you're living large because you've made some great movies, you've made some great television, and you have reinvigorated two of the greatest sci-fi franchises of all time, Star Wars and Star Trek. Kudos to J.J. Abrams. I'm, I don't drink the J.J. Abrams Kool-Aid. I'm, I'm sure he'll make a flop here and there, but <laughs> he did a great job with both of the Star Trek movies he was in charge of, and I highly recommend upgrading them for your home video system. And rewatch them again. Years later, they both hold up really, really well. I'm Scott Hamilton. I'm Rockfile. I'm going to see Rise of Skywalker tonight. I will have a non-spoiler review tomorrow. I'm sure you're not going to wait for my review, and you're just going to go see it, but if you are, I will have that for you tomorrow morning. You can check out my website at therockfile.com. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. You can ask Alexa to listen to Rockfile on Apple Podcasts. You can ask your Google Assist for Rockfile podcast. I will pop up and be in your home. Ooh. <laughs> check out my Patreon page. If you'd like to chip in a couple bucks, I have some big plans for YouTube coming up here in 2020, which is right around the corner. I'm Scott Hamilton. Thank you so much for listening. Music